This morning from Mark chapter 6, beginning in verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told Him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. This is the Word of God for the people of God. This is a very important glimpse into the world and how Jesus sees it. It's a very important glimpse into how Jesus sees people, how Jesus sees us. Mark writes that Jesus has compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus has compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. I've had a lesson in compassion recently. Most of you know, rather unexpectedly, I was diagnosed with a hernia and then with a second one and all of a sudden within days I was in the hospital surgical ward. I was diagnosed with one hernia then with a second hernia and when the surgeon came out Spoke to my wife after the surgery. He said I was an exceptional person or case, maybe is what he said. Um, <laughs> I had four hernias he had to take care of. I got to have quadruple hernia surgery. Yeah, I should get a prize, I think. <laughs> Something like that. And then my recovery was going pretty well. And then who knew if you reached over to pick up something off the floor, you could tear a muscle I now know that. <laughs> Went back to the doctor, didn't have to have more surgery. He said, oh, you've torn a muscle, but if you will rest and take it easy, your body will take care of that and it will heal. But many of you have had the experience of going to the hospital and realizing how vulnerable that feels. Most of us, if we know we're going into surgery, begin to have anxiety before we ever get to the surgery center or the hospital. But if you're not having the anxiety before you get there, once they take you back and you see all the people coming and going and all the machines are beeping and then they start showing you needles and telling you they're putting them in your arm, pretty much your anxiety starts to go way up. They take your blood pressure to make sure you're not going to pass out on them. They said, oh, you seem rather calm. I thought, I'm fooling them. <laughs> ah, but then, if all that's not enough, when they come in and say, oh, and by the way, take off all your clothes and put on this backless gown and these wonderful socks, your vulnerability begins to rise if it hasn't already. Then they come and put you in a wheelchair and someone you don't even know begins to wheel you down hospital corridors one way or another till they wheel you into an ice-cold room, tell you to climb up on the table and relax. <laughs> really? But then they help. They give you this little mask and say, you may begin to feel a little lightheaded in a moment. That's about the last thing I remember. 
Then someone's shaking my shoulder and saying, Mr. Wiggs, it's time to wake up. How do you feel? And I'm thinking, I'm kind of sleepy. <laughs> so are you feeling nauseous? No, not really. Do you want to sit up? No, not really. <laughs> it's time to sit up. They helped me sit up. And then I thought, oh, now I'm feeling nausea coming on. They take you back to recovery. You're still not really clear of mind. But after a couple of cups of cold water and a while sitting there, they decide that you're ready to go and send you home. But in those days, first few days at home, oh my, the pain. And the weakness. And they've already told you, you can't walk by yourself. You can't even go to the bathroom by yourself. And in those days dealing with that, I, I began realizing how hard it is to hold on to one's sense of dignity or sense of independent self. As I was sitting in the recliner or laying in my bed, I began to identify with the world's vulnerable. So many, I was thinking, are in living in our world with such a sense of vulnerability. People who are living without any medical care or without the resources to access medical care. I began to think about all those people who do not have access to clean drinking water or proper sanitation or adequate food sources or who have a chronic disease and day in and day out, they're experiencing the kind of pain and weakness that I only have had to deal with for a few days, a few weeks. I realized how the daily struggle to survive can so easily strip them of their sense of self and their sense of dignity. I begin to identify more closely with those who are the most vulnerable in our world. And then a few days later, I read this text that tells us that Jesus had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were people who were in need. And I thought, oh, that's it. That's the proper response when we see those who are vulnerable. It is to respond with compassion. I began to realize, I think this is what was happening, that I was having pity on those who, as I was feeling pitiful myself, were in difficult situations. But Jesus says, compassion. Seeing them with compassion is the way to go. And let me see if I can distinguish between the two. I think I was identifying with people and having pity on them, but I think the pity kind of leaves them isolated and in their situation. But the way Jesus sees people is with compassion, which opens the heart to another and begins to identify with their plight and begins to move toward them, recognizing that they need others to stand with them. I became so aware of how dependent we really are on other people in times of stress and heartache and disease and pain and weakness. We need other people if we're going to make it through. 
And what our text tells us today and reveals to us about Jesus is He sees us with compassion. He's moved to identify with us and to move toward us to make a difference in our lives. Oh, I've been offered a lesson in compassion. If I can see with the eyes of Jesus, if I can see others with compassion, my life will be changed. If, if I allow God's compassion embodied in Jesus to be my primary filter, if I can allow God to help me see the way that Jesus saw, Well, the lesson's offered, but will I receive it? Will I allow God's compassion to grow in me, to change me, to become my primary way of seeing life? Will I be able to remember it when I feel better? Will I be able to integrate it in the way I live day in and day out? Important questions for me to answer as I go forward but maybe important questions for all of us to ask ourselves. But there's more here in this text. There's another deep insight here as the story begins. The disciples have come back from being out on a mission trip. They come to tell Jesus about all that they have done. And He suggests that it's time for them to get away for a break. It's time for a rest. He suggests it's a time for rest. Right after they tell him about what they, that Jesus has sent them out in pairs to extend his ministry to do what he's been doing, and now they have come back and they've recognized the rigors of what it means to be in ministry with other people, to be about meeting needs of others day in and day out. And right after they finish their report, verse 31 tells us what Jesus says. He says to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. Jesus recognizes the need for rest. Even in the midst of doing mission and ministry to being about God's work, it's important to find time to rest. Now, I used to just think that the busiest people in our culture were the ones who were on the go all the time. People right in the middle of their active working years. Or maybe people with young children whose schedules get fuller and fuller that overflow the family schedule. But you know, lately I've heard this from a number of retirees. They're saying things like, you know, I don't think I've ever been busy as this in my entire life. Or I don't know how I used to even go to work. I can't get everything done now that I'm trying to get done. We have a whole culture who has received the message, go, go, go. Man, it's important to have a reason to wake up in the morning, a purpose, a place to contribute. It's important to find places to serve God and serve others. But in our passage today, Jesus makes it clear that it is also important to rest. 
It's important to rest. Oh, we have this one day a week we call the Sabbath. It's a day of rest. But you know what I observe inside the church and out? That's widely ignored. How many people do you know who work on Sundays? Who work seven days a week? How many people do you know that go into the weekend with a long list of tasks to be accomplished? But there's more here than even the recommendation to have a day of rest. Jesus says, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. When was the last time you took time away to be with a group of Christians? To be with a group that was focused on a time of rest and reflection and refreshment of restoration or recovery? It doesn't happen for most of us at all, or at least very often. But I'm not just telling you I need to hear this as much as anybody. You'll remember perhaps that a few years ago I made a commitment to be a part of the Spiritual Academy. It was an academy for spiritual formation in which I made a commitment to be gone for a week every quarter. And during those two years where that was structured, I was very faithful to that. And then afterwards, trying to continue the same pattern, I made a commitment to this congregation that I would provide a 48-hour period every other month so I could go to Camp Egan and any of you who wanted to could go with me for a time of spiritual rest and reflection. And we did that for several months. And then December came and I was really busy so canceled that one and then February came and I felt like I was too busy and I canceled that one and I've canceled all of them this year. But I was reading this text about a week ago and I heard that clarion call of Christ come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. I've been sponsoring what I was calling the Sumatonga Retreat. Sumatonga meaning a place of rest and vision. And then I gave it up. I began to cancel. But I can tell you, you'll see some publicity soon for the next one coming in August. God has gotten my attention. This text has spoken to me about the importance of rest for a healthy life for a healthy life with Christ, for a healthy relationship with God, for a healthy rhythm of living. I hope we can hear it together. And then there's one final thing here in the text this morning that I think is important for us to notice. The story tells us that Jesus invites the disciples to go away with Him for this time of rest, but by the time they get there, It's no longer a deserted place. People have seen what's going on and predicted where they're going and they beat them there so that there's a crowd present by the time they arrive. Mark writes it like this in that 34th verse as Jesus went ashore. He saw a great crowd and He had compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then after the semicolon, He writes... And he began to teach them many things. 
Jesus protects the disciples and gives them room to rest even though there's a crowd there and He takes the lead once again and begins to teach the people so the disciples still have some time. And I think it's because He knows that the people have needs. They need God. They need some instruction about their life with God. And so He begins to tell them about that to teach them. He sees that they need God and He sees that we need God. To be our highest and best selves, we need God. Can you see that? Are you willing to embrace that? Not God just every now and then, but God right now and all day and tomorrow and the next day and every day. We need to be in relationship with God to have a vital conversation with God. And the good news in this passage that Mark tells us about today is that Jesus reveals in this passage today that our God is full of compassion for us. That our God knows us and our God is coming to us. The question is, will we receive all that God has to offer us? There's a Christian theologian Dr. Douglas John Hall, who comments on this passage, I want to read you the brief lines that he wrote about here. He says, Here we are at the center of our faith. Jesus' compassion for the crowd. For Christians, this is not just a statement about a good and generous and loving human being, Jesus of Nazareth. It is a statement about God. Namely, the source of our lives and of all life, the one before whom we live out our days. Since for Christians, Jesus supremely is revelatory of God and indeed God's unique representative in history, compassion must be said to be of the essence of the One who created us and before whom all life is lived. Usually at the end of a sermon, I challenge you to go and do. But today, I believe the word is receive, rest. Receive the compassion of Christ. Rest in the loving arms of our God. Amen.